0: This is The Rundown. The rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Welcome in to this edition of The Rundown. Live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. I am your host for the next hour and a half. Jordan Bird in for Luke Lipinski on this Tuesday evening. And what a Tuesday evening it is. Because... It kind of feels like Phoenix is the center of the sports universe, or at least in terms of American sports right now. Of course, you have the J.J. Watt news that we're all still coming down off of that high. We're going to get to some of his sound bites from his introductory press conference earlier today. You have the Suns and the Lakers tonight on TNT. The Suns are within striking distance of the two-seed, of the Lakers at that two-seed. When it comes to the Western Conference standings, you have spring training in full swing. Even the Arizona Coyotes, to a lesser extent, are within contention in the West Division. So this is something that we're not really accustomed to the last few years here in the Valley of the Sun in the state of Arizona. Really noteworthy, relevant professional sports teams. And it really just... It's something to savor right now at the moment to have a Tuesday night Suns NBA game against the Lakers on national television that it means something in the month of March. We're not talking about it being the season opener or even a play in game in the bubble in Orlando. Can they get in? I mean, this is something that we haven't really been accustomed to over the last few years and it really just feels like a breath of fresh air If for any longtime Phoenix sports fan, any longtime Arizona sports fan. It really started, um, I was going to say yesterday, with the news of J.J. Watt signing with the Arizona Cardinals. But really, you can take it back to the beginning of the NBA season with what the Phoenix Suns have done really from the get-go so far this year. But it really got ramped up. It got put on steroids over the last 24, 36 hours. Once we saw that tweet from J.J. Watt, Source me, lifting weights in his Arizona Cardinal t-shirt. And today, we finally got to hear from the man himself. J.J. Watt had his introductory press conference, the newest member of the Arizona Cardinals. And I think one of the biggest questions that was on everyone's mind when you were hearing other teams like Cleveland and Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, all of these other quote-unquote candidates, contenders that were in the running for J.J. Watt The biggest question on my mind, the biggest question I think on a lot of Arizona Cardinals fans' mind was why did J.J. Watt pick the Arizona Cardinals? What attracted him to Arizona?
2: The longer I looked at, the more it just signs kept pointing back down here. You know, there's, there's a lot of exciting things about what's happening down here in Arizona. Um, I've always said in this league, you have to have a quarterback to have a chance, and there's a, a young, extremely talented quarterback here who can do big things and is going from year two to year three and can take an even bigger jump to continue to grow and progress and be even better. Um, then you've got, I mean, you've got DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best wide receivers in the league, I'm obviously very familiar with. You've got a defensive scheme, and, and that's led by Vance Joseph, who I was with my first three years down in Houston uh, when under Wade Phillips and and Vance runs a similar scheme to Wade which is a scheme I'm very familiar with and very comfortable with and excited to play in Uh, you've got guys like Chandler Jones and Buda Baker and and guys all over that defense that are really young excited guys ready to get after ready to fly around and make some plays so I'm just very excited to be here and I'm also not going to lie to you it doesn't hurt when it's 65 degrees and sunny outside when I woke up this morning so it's pretty nice.
1: Finally, our great Arizona weather is paying off for us. So many times in the past, we have looked at our local teams and have said, well, you know what? The Suns are a sleeping giant in free agency. The Cardinals are a sleeping giant. The Diamondbacks, uh, to a lesser extent. But one of the reasons that always gets bantied about is the idea that, oh, what a great place this is to live. And for me personally, it's always hard for me to distinguish my bias and my love for Arizona sports and their teams from what the reality is. You can ask my friends. Every year I feel like, hey, this is going to be the year for fill-in-the-blank Arizona sports team. But now we're starting to see that actually pay off. We're starting to see real dividends when it comes to everything that we have here in Arizona identified as reasons why this should be an ideal location for top players. And with J.J. Watt, he laid it all out there in a 58-second cut. Our weather, the course of this direction of this franchise right now, you have a young, talented quarterback. You have a talented top-of-the-line wide receiver. You have defensive pieces that are now around J.J. Watt that will only complement and hopefully further his ability ability even, even longer, even prolong that this upcoming season. We're really starting to see those pay off, and it, it's just refreshing. I, I just for so long we have talked, especially in the last five, six, ten years. If you extend it to the Phoenix Suns, we've always talked about what if. Well, what if so and so will come here, or what if we can get this guy? Now that's starting to actually come to fruition with Chris Paul and JJ Watt. I mean, we're talking about with those two individuals, guys that are some of the most recognizable players in their respected sports i know burns and gamble were talking about it at the tail end of their show today the the national advertising that is now here in arizona with a guy like jj watt and his brothers doing subway commercials and chris paul and his state farm commercials there is real notoriety about the players that are coming to arizona it's not just guys that should do well on the court or on the field but it's actually the 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 uh the, the Q factor, the, the the idea that these guys are notable beyond just who they play or what they play. I mean, people who may not even follow the sports that closely may just have a passing glance. They know who Chris Paul is. They know who J.J. Watt is. And so it's just so refreshing after all that we've gone through over the last few years to be at this spot right now that we are today. Now, J.J. Watt further uh, today, his press conference, talking about what it meant when he was looking at the Arizona Cardinals compared to some of the other teams that were in pursuit. I mentioned a few earlier, the Packers, the Browns, the
2: Bills, maybe
1: even the Steelers. How close was J.J. When it came to picking a
2: different team other than the Arizona Cardinals, I mean it was certainly close. There's, I mean that's the, in the NFL it's always a difficult decision when you're trying to trying to decide where to play. And I'm fortunate and thankful to to all the teams that that showed their interest, that put offers out there, and that wanted uh, to bring me to their team. But at the end of the day, um, Arizona with everything that's going on here and and the amount of talent that they have and the opportunity that sits in front of them, uh, just very very excited to be here and very excited to help develop and grow and take this thing to the next level
1: Watt really said everything that you would want to hear if you're a
2: cardinal fan i mean even to the idea of where he's
1: going to play and the idea that you just naturally you think oh you're going to line him up opposite of chandler jones and there you go you have your pass rushers and you have one of the fearsome pass rushes now in the nfl well there's an idea and a good one at that that with the versatility that jj watt has and having other talented players around him It allows you the ability to move him around, get a little creative with him. And that was another thing that he was asked today – where he'll play at, what have the Cardinals told him about what his
2: actual role will be within the Arizona Cardinal defense? I'll line up wherever I have to, wherever, wherever they want me to line up. I'm very comfortable playing any position all the way up and down the line, um, and I'm sure I'll move around a lot just like I have in the past. Um, so whatever Vance and the coaches feel like is the best position to put me in, the best position to help our defense have success, that's where I'll go. It uh, doesn't really matter much to me.
1: So the official introduction of J.J. Watt is, of course, big news here in the Valley. But it's not the only big news that's going on right now in Arizona and the world of sports. Let's get to
0: Rapid Reaction. The Rundown. Rapid Rapid Reaction to today's top three trending sports stories. Suns
1: and Lakers later on tonight. That is an 8 o'clock start. Well, actually, it's on TNT, so it's probably more like 825 will be the actual tip off of that game. But some good news for the Suns on the injury front. Dario Saric has been cleared. He was questionable with uh, his nagging injury that he has had with his knee. He will play tonight from the Suns. On the other side of things for the L.A. Lakers, Mark Gasol is out due to health and safety protocols. So the Lakers now become a little thin when it comes to their front court. And one guy who we potentially could see fill some of those minutes for Mark Gasol is a guy that we barely knew here in Phoenix. Damian Jones, the guy who the Lakers signed just a few days ago on a 10-day contract, he conceivably could get some of those minutes due to Mark Gasol being out. But that wasn't the only news surrounding this game tonight. Devin Booker, earlier today, was anointed the Western Conference Player of the Month. He racked up two different Player of the Week awards during the month of February. So it really wasn't much of a question. But Devin Booker now becomes the first Phoenix Suns player to win a Conference Player of the Month award since Amari Stoudemire did it back in March of 2010. It's been 11 years since we've been in this rarefied air. Also, the All-Star Game making a couple of announcements. Devin Booker, who is, the, of course, the replacement for Anthony Davis, he will be a part of the three-point contest in the All-Star Game festivities coming up this weekend, and Chris Paul will be a part of the skills competition. For the Arizona Diamondbacks, it's not all great news right now here in Arizona. Torrey Lavello announced earlier today that Cole Calhoun was going to have an MRI done on his knee after their spring training game today, Tori Lovello broke the news. He met with our team doctors, and um, he is going to have a procedure on his right knee tomorrow morning. Um, so that's uh, that's as, as much as
3: I know. And um, obviously, um, we'll give you we'll give you updates. Um, when we get more information
1: well we'll give you an update right now because we do have information it is a partially torn meniscus now due to this injury and the type of procedure that cole calhoun is going to have according to our own john gambadoro it's about a three to four week absence for cole calhoun and the arizona diamondbacks so definitely a blow but not season altering not catastrophic when it comes to the injury for cole calhoun and then also in the nfl it's gotta suck to be a Houston Texan fan right now. On the day that JJ Watt is being introduced as the newest member of the Cardinals, the Houston Texans have restructured running back David Johnson's contract. It will now be worth up to six million dollars, including four point two five million of that fully guaranteed. He was in jeopardy of being a cap casualty had he not restructured his previous deal. He was owed nearly five million dollars for the upcoming season with two point one of that guaranteed. So a little bit of a price reduction for David Johnson, but he gets to stay a member of the Houston Texans. Doesn't it feel like just yesterday he was holding out of training camp or OTAs to try and get more money or snakes in the grass, uh, you know, cryptic tweets and social media posts that he was putting out there. It's amazing how little I miss David Johnson. It's really only reminded of that when stories like this get brought to the attention. Uh, But coming up next here on the rundown on this busy Tuesday evening, we'll dive back into the addition of J.J. Watt. And as great as it is, as exciting as it is, I'm a little nervous about what this actually will look like for the Arizona Cardinals in the 2021 season. That's coming up next here on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM.
0: The Rundown with Luke Lipinski, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Jordan Bird in for Luke Lipinski on this Tuesday edition of The Rundown. It's a busy edition of The Rundown as we have Phoenix Suns basketball coming up a little bit later on tonight, 7.30 the pregame, 8 o'clock the tip right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And, of course, we have the introduction, the formal introduction of J.J. Watt, as the newest member of the Arizona Cardinals. And it's easy to get caught up in the excitement of this. I mean, I just began the start of the show talking about how it feels like Phoenix and Arizona right now is the epicenter of American sports over the last 24, 48 hours because of, what the J.J. Watt signing means and what the Phoenix Suns are doing. There's a lot of positivity. So I apologize in advance if my negativity in the upcoming minutes here is going to bring anyone down. But I do have some very, very nervous reservations about potentially what this J.J. Watt signing is actually going to translate into and where the Cardinals could have potentially used other aspects. Now, The caveat that that has already been beaten into the ground in terms of talking about J.J. Watt as a member of the Cardinals is, if healthy, and that's a big one. Last year, J.J. Watt played all 16 games for the Houston Texans. He played over a thousand snaps on the defense for Houston. He was a durable player last season. That hasn't been his M.O. over the previous seasons before 2020. And you can say that about any football player and you can't predict injuries, but when you mention J.J. Watt, I think the first thing that comes to mind is what a great player he is. Two, what a great humanitarian and an individual on a personal level that he is. And then number three, and your order may differ from mine, he has an injury history. It's just, it's the fact. It's plain and simple. He has somewhat of an injury history. So there is some question about, will he be able to be durable enough to make an impact for the Arizona Cardinals this season. Now, in his introductory press conference, J.J. Watt was asked about how much gas does he have left in the tank for this upcoming season and his run with the Cardinals in general. A lot. A whole lot. I don't doubt that. Once again, with the caveat, if he can stay healthy. Now... So that's one area that has me concerned when it comes to J.J. Watt. Could all of this excitement, could all of this momentum that the Arizona Cardinals have built up over the last day and a half be all for naught by the time training camp rolls around or by the time we get to the bye week in the 2021 season when the Arizona Cardinals are scratching and trying to survive for a playoff spot? Will J.J. Watt be able to be on the field for Vance Joseph's defense? So that's a concern right there. The second one is just, was this really a need for the Arizona Cardinals? And don't get me wrong, any time that you can add a three-time defensive player of the year, that that is an automatic upgrade over what you previously had. And if you pair him with Chandler Jones and the other pieces that this Arizona Cardinal defense has, it's... It's enticing. It, it makes you the mouth salivate about what the potential could be. But could that money have been used in other areas? I go back to the end of this last season, the 2020 season, where Week 16 and Week 17, all the Arizona Cardinals had to do, especially in hindsight, was win one of those games against either the 49ers or the L.A. Rams. That's all they had to do. And, oh, by the way, they happened to be playing against backup quarterbacks. C.J. Beathard for the San Francisco 49ers and John Walford for the L.A. Rams. So it probably is not a great 100% accurate representation of what those games would have been like had Jared Goff or had Jimmy G been able to play for those respected teams. But in week 16 and week 17, the Arizona Cardinals lost those games and therefore were not able to make the NFL playoffs, not because of the defense, but because of the deficiencies on the Arizona Cardinals offense. The Cardinals lost to the 49ers 20 to 12. They had off, they had total yardage of 350, 230 passing yards, 120 rushing yards. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. That's not going to get the job done. The LA Rams game was even worse. They lost that game 18 to 7 with having total yardage of 214 now granted Chris Trevler played the second uh you know a good two and a half quarters Kyler Murray tried to come in in the fourth with a lame duck leg so once again that has its own asterisks it has its own caveats but that wasn't the Cardinals defense that prevented the Cardinals from making the playoffs in week 16 and week 17 it was issues on the Cardinals offense and so it's hard for me not to wonder, with this money that is being spent on J.J. Watt, $23 million guaranteed, $31 million total over the next two years, could that have been allocated towards an offensive lineman? Could that have been allocated towards an upgraded running back with presumably Kenyon Drake leaving Arizona and having someone else that can back up Chase Edmonds or potentially even push Chase Edmonds for the starting job? Could it have benefited the wide receiver core? Where right now, beyond DeAndre Hopkins, there are some major questions about what this team actually looks like. So, I'm just concerned. It has me nervous. And I think that kind of is my natural Arizona sports fandom. Is that every time we're given this new, shiny, cool object. Hey, look at this. This is fun to play with. In the back of my mind, I can't help but think, well, this toy could potentially break on me at any second. That's the way things have been. Now, as I mentioned at the onset of the show tonight, it seems like things are trending in that opposite direction right now. We're building a lot of goodwill. But, man, it's hard for me not to have that idea that as great as we feel right now, as optimistic as we are about the Arizona Cardinals, is this really going to pay off when it comes to playing on the field? Well, the Phoenix Suns will take on the L.A. Lakers. As I mentioned, that's a game that you can hear right here on 98.7 FM. And I think we need to ask some real questions about the Phoenix Suns in terms of how high can this team go? I think all of us, for the most part, if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, felt pretty good about the idea of the Suns making the playoffs this year when you looked at the 8-0 bubble run and with the development of the young talent and, of course, the addition of Chris Paul to a far lesser extent, guys like Jay Crowder. You felt good about the Suns making the playoffs this season. But now, where the Suns sit, going into tonight's game with the Lakers, they are one game back of L.A., the Lakers, in terms of the second seed in the Western Conference. They're a half game back of the L.A. Clippers for the three seed in the West. And so as much as we all thought that the Phoenix Suns were going to be a playoff team, I don't know if any of us, or at least the more realistic ones, thought that the Suns would catapult this high to the Western Conference standings. ESPN front office insider Bobby Marks, he joined the Burns and Gambo show earlier today, and they asked him, what is the new ceiling for the Phoenix Suns based off of the start that they're off to so far this year?
4: I think a lot of it will have to do with where Anthony Davis is going to be in L.A. as far as from a, from a health standpoint. Um, you know, you get L.A.
5: tonight without Davis um, if he is, you know, not healthy and come playoff
1: time and we'll see where that goes. I mean, there's, you know, I, I think you're probably a better team than the Lakers. So I think your ceiling is probably, oh, uh, you know, I don't want to say Western Conference semifinals, but I, I think you're probably there. I think you, you could potentially get to a Western Conference final. Possibly a Western Conference final. Bill Simmons last week on his Ringer podcast saying that he could see the Suns getting into the third round. Well, that would be the conference finals in the West. I think that is a legitimate possibility now because, as I mentioned, the Suns are definitely within striking distance right now. And albeit with no fans, I think home court is still going to play a factor in the playoffs and give teams a slight edge, nothing like it was in years past. But also for the Phoenix Suns, They've already beaten the Utah Jazz this season. They lost to the L.A. Clippers in a hard-fought game, and their are one meeting so far with the Clips. They've yet to play the Lakers. Now, once, of, of course, without Anthony Davis, it's not a true representation of an L.A. Lakers team at full strength. But if the Suns win tonight, why can't the Suns continue to beat teams like the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz? I mean, obviously... Honestly, the the toughest part of the Suns so far this season has been playing the mediocre and bad teams of the NBA, losing to Detroit and having issues with Washington, and even that game on Sunday night where they struggled with Minnesota for two and a half, three quarters before finally kicking in and winning very comfortably. But the Suns have had issues with sub-500 teams, not the cream of the crop, especially in the West. So... I think that the Phoenix Suns can go toe-to-toe with any of these teams right now. And as we get deeper into the season and the confidence starts growing, you got to keep in mind that this is still a young and inexperienced Phoenix Suns roster. And so with each game, with each win, with each milestone that this team accomplishes, they get to puff out their chest a little bit more. They have a little bit more belief in their own talents and capabilities. And so with a win tonight against the Lakers, even without Anthony Davis... That's another notch on the wall, another notch on the bedpost or in the belt that you can say, we belong. We believe that we can compete with the best of the best in the NBA and the Western Conference. And so for me, the ceiling right now for the Phoenix Suns was still the second half to come. Why can't they get up to number one? I'll be honest right now. If I had to be a betting man, I would say that the Suns are in far better position to finish the regular season in the top four than five through eight in the Western Conference. I wouldn't have said that back in the summer. I wouldn't have said that during the offseason when the Phoenix Suns were noticeably better, but still, you know, kind of dancing around the idea that, you know, they're going to be one of those teams that may have to play in the play-in game at the 7-8, and 9-10 spot or get to the five seed where they can comfortably not have to be in that role. I think right now the goal is the top four in the Western Conference, and I would not be surprised in the least if the Phoenix Suns make a real push for the number three, two, or even number one seed as we get deeper and deeper into this NBA season. Coming up next here on The Rundown, we'll take our attention back to the Arizona Cardinals. J.J. Watt is now in Arizona, and there are three individuals who have just had the pressure on them specifically dialed up all the way to 11. That's next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: It's the Rundown. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Jordan
1: Bird in for Luke Lipinski on this jam-packed Tuesday night edition of the Rundown. I appreciate Luke uh, taking a step out and allowing me to step in with so many things popping off in the Arizona sports scene. Uh, That includes, of course, the biggest story of the day surrounding Arizona sports, the announcement of J.J. Watt. He had his introductory press conference earlier today. He joined the Burns and Gambo show. A lot of good information from J.J. Watt. And one of the things that had already been in my thought process, but only got reinforced greater once I heard J.J. speak today, was the idea that now that Watt is an Arizona Cardinal, there is Extreme pressure now added on to three specific individuals involved with the Arizona Cardinals. Steve Keim, Cliff Kingsbury, and Kyler Murray. I know I'm not breaking any crazy ground here. I know I'm not shocking you with some crazy contrarian point of view here. But think about it. For Steve Keim, to me, the move for J.J. Watt, when it was first reported, when J.J. sent out the tweet himself, lifting weights in that Cardinal t-shirt, one of my immediate thoughts was, this seems like a swing-for-the-fence move with a guy for a guy who knows that this might be it. 2021 might be the final season for Steve Keim if things don't get better, if, i.e. if the Arizona Cardinals don't make the playoffs. Because if Arizona goes playoff-less in 2021, that would be six straight seasons that the Cardinals haven't made the playoffs. It would be coming within the third year of the Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray experiment, which when it initially was happening, the hiring of Kingsbury and the drafting of Kyler, Cardinals took a lot of criticism. And there was kind of this, well, why don't you guys just wait and see how this pans out and we're going to have the last laugh. But if by the end of the third year, it hasn't, it hasn't been rewarded with a playoff berth, then what are the Arizona Cardinals doing? I would have to think that this is Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kimes make-it-or-break-it season. Without a playoff appearance, in my mind, the Arizona Cardinals should go in a new direction with their general manager and with their head coach. I mean, because what other message are you sending if not? That mediocrity is okay, mediocrity is accepted, that not making the playoffs consistently being an 8-8 eight and eight or a 7-9 and nine team is the ceiling for this organization, it sets a bad precedent if it hasn't already. So to me, Keim and Cliff by proxy are tied to the success of this season. And by having a big move like this, if you're Steve Keim, it's, hey, either this works out and I look like a genius that I was able to poach J.J. Watt from all of these other suitors and all of these other teams and organizations that around the rest of the NFL have been presented as more contender ready teams than my own squad. If it doesn't work out, Hey, I'm out of here. And whoever comes in next after me as the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, let him decide what to do with the JJ Watt contract or let him decide what to do with some of these other key questions. Let him decide what I should do with an extension with Kyler Murray after the end of his third professional season. So, really, it's going for broke if you're Steve Kime. And for Cliff Kingsbury, not only are you tied to the success along with Steve Kime, but now that you have JJ Watt, all of the attention now to me shifts towards the Arizona Cardinal offense. You have two of the most prolific pass rushers and two of the more prolific sackers in the entire NFL in Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. You have an all-pro in Buddha Baker. You potentially, no, without knowing yet what's going to happen with Patrick Peterson, we'll get to that in a second, but you potentially have a guy who still loves to toot his own horn about how he was all NFL all decade. Yeah, that looks great on a resume. But if that Cardinal defense can hold up their end of the bargain, this Cardinal's offense cannot be... This unit that was stuck in the mud the way it was this last season. Cliff Kingsbury cannot afford another year where his team leads the league in penalties. Where his offensive line is time after time, game after game, called for pre-snap penalties. He can't continue to be bantied about as this offensive guru and innovator. And then let's see time after time a two-yard wide receiver screen that goes for a gain of one. The pressure now is on Cliff. The pressure now is on Kime. And the pressure is also on Kyler Murray. And out of the three names that I've mentioned, I feel the less nervous, the less scared, or Whatever, however my poor English is coming off right now, however you want to phrase it, but I'm less worried about Kyler than I am the other two. And one of the things that J.J. Watt said today really caught my attention. Ed Werder yesterday, when the news first broke, said that according to what he was hearing, One of the first criteria for where J.J. Watt was going to end up was that they have a quality quarterback. And so by all indications, it was a stamp of approval for Kyler Murray. Well, J.J. Watt, when he met with the media today, he took it a step further when he was talking about the Cardinals quarterback.
2: I've obviously seen his career. He's had an unbelievable career. Um, He's an incredible athlete. And what he's been able to accomplish, he's been a winner at every stage of his life. And that that's not a coincidence. Um, you, you're you a winner because of the way that you work and because of the aura that you give off and because of the talent that you have. And I think that he has all of those things, and he's going to continue to win and continue to have success. And that's a part of the reason that I'm here. I'm, um, I told him yesterday in a text, I said, I'm here because I believe in you. Um, and so I'm here. You have to have a quarterback in this league to have a chance, and and he's our guy, and I'm looking forward to going out there and playing with him.
1: I put myself in Kyler Murray's shoes, and, well, one, I don't know if my feet would actually fit Kyler Murray's shoes. They might be too big. My toes might be sticking out the front end, but what kind of message does that send? What kind of confidence does that instill in you when you hear a guy of the caliber of J.J. Watt coming in and saying, hey, man, one of the reasons I came to this organization was because I believe in you. I like how you play. I think that you can take me to heights I haven't been to yet in my professional career. With all of the personal success that J.J. Watt has had, for the team success, he hasn't really gotten that far into the NFL playoffs with the Houston Texans. He wants to get that ring. He wants to go on a lengthy playoff run, and he would need Kyler Murray to do so when he's a member of the Arizona Cardinals. So... There's a lot of pressure on those three individuals. But the other big question is, what is next for the Arizona Cardinals? How does this impact Patrick Peterson? How does this impact Larry Fitzgerald? And for me personally, I have already made my peace that both of those players will not be here in Arizona. I think the Arizona Cardinals, unless they get him at a bargain rate, which I doubt that they will, I think the Cardinals need to cut bait with Patrick Peterson and I am in the camp where I think Larry Fitzgerald should retire. I think the Arizona Cardinals, in a sense, should be hoping that Larry Fitzgerald retires. Now, let me qualify that, because I know a lot of people are probably screaming at their radios right now. What? This this jackaloon right now on Arizona sports is saying that the Cardinals should want Larry Fitzgerald to retire. We have to be realistic about what Larry Fitzgerald is. And even though he still keeps his body in great physical fitness, he is not the player that he once used to be. And I believe that having Larry Fitzgerald hold on only hinders the Cardinals moving on from the legacy, the tenure of Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is no longer that wide receiver that is scoring three touchdowns in one playoff game for the Cardinals. Last year, he had a little over 40 receptions for one touchdown and 400 and some change receiving yards. He's not the guy that he once used to be. And I honestly believe that with Larry Fitzgerald continuing to hang around, it somewhat handcuffs Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury and what they can do. Because instead of going out and finding a legitimate number 2 wide receiver and being able to move Christian Kirk into the slot where – So far, the evidence has indicated that's probably best where he would be served. The Arizona Cardinals have to go along with the idea that, well, Larry Fitzgerald's still on the roster, so he goes into the slot and we got to play him. Just because I believe that it's time to move on with Larry Fitzgerald, and I believe it's time for him to call it a career, does not mean I'm besmirching his legacy. It's not. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that just because after, what, (laughs) 18 years or something like that, that after all of that goodwill that he has built up, it's not a license to continue to handcuff the rest of the organization, especially with the contract. Now, I even if Larry were to come back, I don't think there's any chance that he gets 11 million, but there's also no chance that he comes back and plays for 4 million. So it's still going to be a sizable portion of money to a player that is not going to produce to that dollar figure. So as much as it pains me to say, I mean, I honestly, you will not find a, well, you might find a few, but I am a huge Cardinal fan. I have been with this team. I have been with this organization. I have been a pain season ticket holder since the dog days at Sun Devil Stadium. I love Larry Fitzgerald first ballot hall of famer. I will probably weep at his ring of honor introduction, induction at state farm stadium, but For the betterment of the organization, for the health of this team moving forward, it's time to move on. And even if Larry is not yet ready to call it a career, if he still wants to play, I'm not going to hold it against him. Go to Tampa Bay. Go play with B.A. and Brady and chase a ring legitimately. I would love nothing more than for you to win a Super Bowl ring, Larry Fitzgerald. But right now, I believe his presence within the Arizona Cardinals organization is hindering them being able to move on and make decisions that are necessary for the growth of this team long-term beyond just one-year deal after one-year deal. Coming up next here on The Rundown with Jordan Bird filling in for Luke Lipinski. Huge game tonight for the Phoenix Suns. Arguably the most important game of Devin Booker's young career. And to add some further insight to that conversation and the game tonight, we'll check in with our own Kellen Olson from ArizonaSports.com. That's coming up next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: It's Sunday, brought to you by Michelob Ultra. We're previewing the Suns' biggest game of the season so far versus last season's champs, the Lakers, which tips off tonight at 8 on the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Sunday on the Rundown.
1: Jordan Bird in with you tonight on this edition of the Rundown, filling in for Luke Lipinski. It is a big one tonight as we have the Phoenix Suns taking on the LA Lakers on TNT nonetheless. It's going to get a lot of eyeballs from around the rest of the NBA. And joining us right now on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line, he is our resident Suns expert at Arizonasports.com, also a part of. The Empire of the Suns blog and podcast. He is Kellen Olson joining us in here on the rundown. Kellen, how are you doing tonight?
5: What's up, Bird? Doing well. Well, let me
1: just start without And that intro, that production that we had coming out of the break says the Suns biggest game of the season. I don't think that there's any doubt to that. Do you think that this is this game tonight when Devin Booker just got minted the Western Conference player of the month? when he has just been named an all-star, going against a guy that says he's the most disrespected player in the league, and it's on national television on TNT. Is this the biggest
5: game of Devin Booker's career? I, I would normally agree. I think that the bubble just provided such a unique circumstance where it was like you have to win in order to keep your playoff hopes alive. So I think we're, we're a few months away from those games kind of being erased for the ones that clinch a playoff spot or whatever, but I'll certainly agree with this season. It's funny, talking about the game with with friends and stuff leading up to today and yesterday, as someone who who grew up watching LeBron and watching him throughout his career, you just kind of get a feel for how those guys perform every year, and to me, LeBron will have these games every now and then throughout the regular season where – he is going to essentially check another another contender of sorts or another team that's rising in the ranks of, of his conference or whatever. And it just it, to me, this tonight, especially with no Anthony Davis, it feels like one of those nights where LeBron's really going to come out locked in. And just the fact that the Phoenix Suns are the team that is bringing that out of him when we're used to seeing him just kind of sleepwalk through games here and still get 28, 8, and 7 – It's very exciting, and I think we're going to get like a a really high-level game because, as as we've seen with him and with everyone else on this team, included, like when he's playing at that level, it's going to bring it out of everyone else on the court. I think so. I I think. And maybe not in terms of like stakes, but in terms of like quality. Like, I think this is going to be a really high level game.
1: Now, of course, the LA Lakers will be without Anthony Davis tonight. He's been out for a little while, will continue. In fact, his injury is the reason why Devin Booker is an NBA All Star this season. When you think about the question of the ceiling for the Phoenix Suns, and you know, I mean, they're only a, a game back of the Lakers right now in the standings, a half game back of the Clippers. If the game tonight plays out with the Phoenix Suns beating the Lakers. How much do we need to put an asterisk by it in terms of looking further down the road and looking at where the Suns truly stack up in the Western Conference because the Lakers are without arguably their first or second best player.
5: Yeah, that's the fun that's the fun part of these kinds of games and and, and becoming this good of a team is that you can kind of look at these uh, like litmus tests of sorts if you want to call it that. The thing that I'll say is that I think the the way the Suns kind of have to look at these kinds of games is just gaining as much as they can from the level of basketball that's going to be played because when the team keeps on winning like they have, 14 of 17, it's coming up like, are they a quote-unquote contender? Are they a team that can make the Western Conference Finals? Can they make the Finals? And I think the only thing... And the main thing and that makes me hesitate is just a lack of playoff experience. You're talking about three of your four most important players, Devin Booker, McCollum, and DeAndre have never been there. And you look at the competition in the West, you've got the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz. Even a team like the Mavericks just gained experience last year that the Suns weren't able to get. So I think that's the number one thing that's going to be hampering them in terms of going into the playoffs. But that's something that you can try and get as much out of from the regular season and we've seen it, like that Sixers game was an incredible win. The, the Bucks one was a little bit more sloppy, but was still played at a high level. And I think, uh, like I was saying earlier, I think this game's going to be played at really top-notch basketball, and they can get a lot out of it.
1: We're talking with Kellen Olson from ArizonaSports.com. He is our Suns expert, also Empire of the Suns blog and podcast. Now, initially, earlier today... Dario Saric was listed as questionable for tonight's game. It does appear that he has gotten the go-ahead to play tonight. Speak to the importance of Dario Saric. I know a lot of times when you're talking about a guy who is – you know, I don't know if he's even the 6th man. I mean, in terms of the the first guy to come off that Suns bench, but a part of that second unit, what he does in freeing up Frank now to be a part of the starting lineup and just the cohesive glue that he is for that second unit, how important is it for the Suns that they do have Dario tonight against the Lakers?
5: It's huge. Um we use the cliché a lot like a team has like a 6th or a 7th starter, but if you look at Dario Cam uh, and even the way that Frank Kaminsky has played this year as a starter as well, you compare it to what the production is they're getting from other guys starting there. And it's pretty similar, if not better. Dario has been fantastic this year. There's just a certain pace the game plays to when he's in there that just feels different because I think the, the biggest adjustment there is that it's just, it's just so easy to play with Dario um, it, I, I haven't seen, like, Chris Paul kind of, like, ease up and, like, really relax and smile when in the middle of hearing a question. It happens, it's happened a couple of times this year. But one of them was when I asked him about Dario, and he just smiled. I was like, man, like, that's already been, like, one of my, like, favorite teammates to have. He's just so easy to play with, knows exactly where to be. Um, and that kind of guy can have such an impact on a team like this and uh, something to watch for tonight. I think that the minutes where Chris Paul has played without Devin Booker and they've played him with the second unit with Dario have been very successful as of late. And you can see those two starting to build uh, more and more chemistry. And, and like uh, I was saying with what Chris said, Dario's just so easy to play with. He's always in the right spot. Uh, he's skilled as well, and it's just a huge part of this team. I think people really – even uh, even when he was hurt, I think people were kind of sleeping on how important he was. When Frank was playing, while well, there was a question of like Frank or Dario, it's, it's Dario. Dario's a huge part of this team.
1: You touched on it a little bit briefly when we were talking about playoff experience and just the youth and lack of experience on this Suns roster a lot of times leads to the unknown. And we've seen that really play out so far this season, where it seems like when the Phoenix Suns are playing the elite of the elite, they bring their A game. When they're playing the Detroit Pistons or sub 500 teams, they seem to get a little lackadaisical, not a whole lot of attention to detail. And they either have to make a feverish comeback or they get beat by some of these bad teams. Is it as simple as chalking that that dynamic of this Suns roster this season to that immaturity and to that inexperience.
5: Yeah, for sure. It's such a, it is so difficult to do what the Lakers have done this year. They're 24 and 11 and it feels like that they're putting forth. I don't want to say barely any effort in the regular season, but if you watch their games and, and just their, the way their fans have been reacting this season, I've seen I've had Laker fans who I'm friends with just tell me like I don't even watch the first half some nights because I just it's, it's not even worth watching. Like the team just kind of turns it on in these couple of key stretches in the second half when they need to, and usually wins. I looked it up today. They're I think they're 19th in net rating in the first quarter. The Lakers are, and then they just really turn it on from there. So I that is such a difficult thing to do and keep winning at the same time. And I think that the Suns are just learning that very valuable lesson that it really is, like they say, you just have to treat every opponent with a certain level of respect. And luckily for them, they have two all-stars who are who can play them out of those stretches at times. We've seen both versions of it. We've seen Devin in Minnesota and how excellent he was in that game to kind of snap them out of it. But we saw the inverse where that home game against Oklahoma City, which was an absolute no-show for everyone not named Chris Paul. Chris played his best game of the year, and they still lost uh, to a team that – Gamble is rattling off on the show. Like you don't even know half these names on the roster and you can't blame anyone for not knowing them. So it's, it can go both ways, but it's certainly a lesson for them to learn. But I also think like Candace Parker said on TNT last week, like that's something you can fix. If you can't compete against the best teams, that's an, that's an issue, and the Suns don't have that issue, which is a really good sign for them.
1: Last question for Kellen Olsen as he's joining us here on The Rundown. Bright lights, big stage, Devin Booker just got named Western Conference Player of the Month. What are you expecting from Book tonight? Do you think this could be one of those special games where he potentially goes toe-to-toe with LeBron, or do you think the Lakers and Dennis Schroeder and some of the other pieces that they have will be able to keep Book somewhat in check tonight?
5: I think it's going to be – he's he's going to be focused first on the team-based effort. And now what the team has been focusing a lot on in the past couple of weeks is getting him going early. We've seen like in, in like four of his last six games, I want to say maybe four of his last five, he's scored at least 15 points in the first quarter or something, some crazy stat like that. So they've been getting him going early in the game. But I think Book is a guy who always naturally tends to look towards his team first and might tend to move the ball a little more than he should in in moments like this. I think he's getting much better at balancing that and learning where his role is to be. And a lot of that helps with Chris Paul, who has basically been taking that first quarter and kind of saying, like, okay, we're going to get DeAndre the ball a couple times down low. We're going to run a lot of things through Book. Then when I come in for my second shift with that second unit with Dario, that's when I'll kind of get myself going. So I think the thing to watch for is how he establishes himself early because that is his hot streak here in February. A lot of it has been tied to him getting going early in the first. So if he doesn't get going early in the first, can he find those other pockets to get going because the team is used to him getting going in the first right now?
1: It's a brave new world we're living in, Kellen, a meaningful March regular season game for the Phoenix Suns. I'm even going to overlook the fact that you said that you have friends who are Lakers fans. Uh, It's exciting, and I really appreciate you taking the time and joining us today.
5: Yeah, I like talking to you on radio live radio like this as opposed to the times we did like three, five years ago. Those were less fun, Jordan, not going to lie. Yeah, you know, talking you know, about this Josh
1: week. Jackson and you know fun <laughs> topics like that. It's definitely a nice change of pace, no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah,
5: you want to know about the top five drop, draft prospects right now? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I haven't given it one thought, and I couldn't be happier with the <laughs> idea that I don't know what's going on in that respect. <laughs> Kellen Olson from yeah. ArizonaSports.com, thank you for your time. Looking forward to the game tonight. Thanks, man. All right, that's Kellen. You can read his work at ArizonaSports.com, also along with Kevin Zimmerman, part of the Empire of the Suns blog and podcast. Suns game, don't forget, coming up uh, pregame, just a little over 30 minutes from now, the tip-off between the Suns and the Lakers. TNT, bright lights tonight. That will be at 8 o'clock right here on 98.7 FM. Coming up next, we'll go into hour number two of the rundown, and we'll touch base back on the J.J. Watt story. Earlier today, he joined Burns and Gambo. You'll hear what he told Burns and Gambo earlier today. That's next here on the rundown.
0: The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Jordan Bird back here in the Occhin chin Community Studios, filling in for Luke Lipinski on this edition of The Rundown. Of course, the big news here in the Valley today, J.J. Watt officially a member of the Arizona Cardinals. He met with the media, and he did an interview with our own Burns and Gambo. Here's a portion of his interview with the fellas earlier this afternoon.
4: Multiple teams had serious interest in you, some even offering more than the Arizona Cardinals did. What was it about the Arizona Cardinals that made you want to sign here?
2: I think it's there's a lot of exciting things that are going on down here in Arizona. Obviously, in this league, you need a quarterback to have a chance, and I think they've got a great, young, talented quarterback um, who obviously is has a lot of potential and a lot of talent. Uh, Having one of the best receivers in the game that I know very well doesn't hurt and hop. Uh, you got a legend in Larry, obviously. Um, A defense that I'm very familiar with, Vance Joseph and I were together my first few years in the NFL and Wade Phillips' defense, and and Vance runs a similar style that I'm very comfortable with and I, I know very well. And you've got guys like Chandler Jones and Buda Baker and guys all over the place on that defense that can fly around and have fun. So I'm really looking forward to, to fitting
3: in. How hard did they come after you, and how much did it mean to you how hard they came after you from the outset of this, J.J.?
2: Yeah, they've been, they've been incredible. Um, throughout the process, it was players, it was Steve, it was um, people from all different angles um, really showed me how much that they wanted me to be a Cardinal, which meant a lot. And, uh, it really did, it really did feel like a place where I was, Everybody was excited, and I was extremely excited as well, and so um, I'm in in the building today, um, even you can just feel the energy, and you can feel the the good vibe. so I'm very happy to be here.
3: Everybody, and I use that term loosely, but everybody was relatively surprised by your choice. Do Do you relate to that? Do you understand that? Are you surprised by the surprise? What was sort of your reaction to the shocked reaction around the NFL yesterday?
2: Um, I mean, uh, if you're in my shoes and you're watching it all happen from, um, the way everything happens, obviously, I mean, there's sources and there's people who who think they have information and all sorts of things throughout time. Um, but when nobody in my camp speaks, that's, that's, that was our thing from the very beginning of this is we were going to be very, very quiet. We were going to go about our business and just do our business. So any reports of really anything weren't, were never from our side. And, and, uh, it's easy to keep a secret when everybody is, agrees to it and wants to keep the secret so um but i mean it came down to the very end it's not like this is this has been people think i've been uh cryptically tweeting and giving clues the whole time but this this just all came together uh at the end and i obviously in free agency had a bunch of great choices but couldn't be happier to be an arizona cardinal
0: yeah
4: we've heard you know you want to go to a super bowl contender you want to play with a great quarterback what were the main priorities for you in signing with the team
2: i want to have fun playing football I want to have fun. I want to be on a defense that flies around, um, that loves coming to work every single day, uh, and that goes out there on the field every single day and loves what they do, loves working and pulling in the same direction towards one common goal. Um, And I think there's a lot of young talent on this team that has a lot of potential. And if you look at the progression of the last three years here, every single year, increasing in wins and increasing in confidence and increasing in talent, and that's only going to continue. And that's that excites me, and I'm very excited to be here and help take that to the next level.
4: So safe to say, having fun again on a team that has a chance to win was more of a priority than even money to you.
2: Yeah. I mean, number one number one for me is I want to have fun playing the game I love. Um, you have fun when you're winning. There's no doubt about that. So I'm looking forward to coming in here, helping to uh, lead, helping to... Uh, answer any questions and help some of the young guys in any way that I can, but also I'm looking to come in here and be dominant and to help this team and to help this defense be
5: great.
4: Well, I'm curious as to how much you watched Arizona last year after DeAndre Hopkins got traded from the Texans to the Cardinals, and just what was your re- reaction back then when, when the Texans lost Hop to Arizona?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously difficult any time you lose a, a great player, um, a player of Hop's caliber. Uh, he's such a he can impact any game at any any moment. You guys know that well from the Hale Murray last year and and what he's capable of on any given second of any game. Um, so to be back on his side is great because I know that there's a weapon over there that uh, can make big plays and can change the momentum of a game. And on defense, we've got guys that can do that as well.
3: JJ Watt joining us here on the Burns and Gambo show. The presser announcing his signing being held today by the Cardinals. In terms of how the Cardinals are going to use you, you've been kind of moved around the field quite a bit the last couple of years are you anticipating more of the same or is that sort of a wait and see how the cards are going to use you at this point
2: yeah, we've had preliminary conversations of what it'll look like, and I'm I'm sure that I'll be moving around um, just like I, I have in the past and, and putting wherever is necessary to help our defense be in the best spot to have success. Um, but we'll get further down that road when Vance and I have a chance to sit down and talk.
3: But you feel like dominant years, like the ones that you had, are still in front of you. Those are numbers that you can still produce, and those are seasons you can still have. Absolutely.
4: Yeah, it did seem like last year. I mean, the quarterback hits, the quarterback pressures, everything was there and you were getting double teamed on a constant basis. But the one thing about you and I think, you know, we, we keep telling everybody here in Arizona, I mean, you don't take plays off. You give everything you have. That's just the type of player you are. But coming here and playing with Chandler, who's a tremendous pass rusher and some of these linebackers that they have, do you feel like that will free you up to do more?
2: I sure hope so. Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, I love Chandler. Chandler's a uh, I've been an admirer for a long time. We've been friends for a long time. Um and I love the way he plays. I love the just, he's one of my favorite players to watch. He's got so many different moves and so many different ways he can be successful. And like you said, then you've got some linebackers, you've got other guys, you've got Buddha and the guys in the back end coming off the edges if they want. Um, there's guys coming from all over the place, and Vance can scheme things up if he needs to, but that's part of what, part of bringing me here also gives you the opportunity to just let your front go rush and let us get to the quarterback and let your cover guys cover.
4: J.J., the familiarity with a guy like Vance Joseph, how much did that play a part in coming to Arizona? it definitely played a
2: part um the familiarity obviously those first three years that i was down in houston with wade um and kubiak and those guys um and then vance running a very similar system uh and a lot of the same concepts that wade had back in his defenses and some of the most fun years that i've had playing the game it definitely played a role
3: jj leave us with this as we welcome you to town uh you mentioned him by name and everybody here wants to know have you heard from Fitz? do you have any idea what his plans are <laughs> you're chuckling you I knew did. this
2: one was coming right yeah i, did. I i figured i was gonna get that one a lot today no i cannot give any insight whatsoever into what he's thinking i can only say that i have such a massive amount of respect for him and everything that he's done down here and whatever he absolutely wants is what i want for him because he's earned the right to do whatever he wants
4: congratulations on your decision we are so excited to have you here in arizona not only as part of of the arizona cardinals football team but as a part of this community
2: thank you i appreciate you guys very excited to be here in
0: arizona Arizona's sports station, the rundown reload. Rundown reload. It's
1: time now for the rundown reload, getting you caught up on some of the other big stories, not related to JJ Watt and the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, we are now less than an hour from tip off between the Phoenix Suns and the LA Lakers primetime TNT game. The stars will be shining bright, hopefully tonight for the Phoenix Suns and both, Phoenix Suns all-stars Devin Booker and Chris Paul getting a little further recognition for all-star weekend which is coming up this Sunday there will be no all-star Saturday night they are condensing everything into Sunday Devin Booker will be a part of the three-point contest he is now going to be in his fifth three-point contest he's only 24 years old by the way but this will be his fifth time competing in the three-point competition because it will only be all-stars who are part of the game itself the field is stacked along with book it will be jalen brown steph curry zach levine donovan mitchell and celtics guard jason tatum will round out the three-point competition that will take place pre-game Of the All Star game on Sunday. Also, part of the pregame festivities for the All Star game in Atlanta will be the skills competition where Chris Paul will be a part of that challenge. Now, the slam dunk competition is going to be part of the halftime show for the All Star game. So, although it's being condensed due to the COVID protocols and the COVID rules, it will certainly be a different look and a different feel for All Star weekend coming up on Sunday for the Arizona Diamondbacks they were dealt a bit of bad news earlier today Tori Lavello, after their spring training contest today gave an update on Cole Calhoun he met with our team doctors and um, he is gonna have
3: a procedure on his right knee tomorrow morning um, so that's uh, that's as, as much as I know and um, obviously um, we'll give you we'll give you updates Um when we get more information.
1: Well, we'll give you an update right now because according to multiple reports, it is a torn meniscus in the right knee of the Diamondbacks' right fielder. According to reports out there, the severity also obviously plays a factor in this, but it appears that Cole Calhoun could be out anywhere from three to six weeks. If he's able to return in three, four weeks' time, that would still put him in line for opening day at Colorado on April 1st, But, of course, the Diamondbacks might have to dig a little deeper into their lineup and their roster for the first couple of weeks of the regular season. And as great as we're feeling here in Arizona about the addition of J.J. Watt to the Cardinals, The Houston Texans are continually the gut punch that continues to slam on their fan base. Today, they restructured David Johnson's contract, giving him less money, more guaranteed money to help them fit within the new parameters of the NFL salary cap. That is avoiding a cap casualty that David Johnson was heading towards in all honesty it looked like he could be a real candidate to get cut by the houston texans to create cap space instead houston restructures his deal and david johnson will still be a member of the houston texans for the 2021 season coming up next our final segment of this edition of the rundown will turn our attention back to jj watt and as great as everyone is feeling right now about that edition I do have some reservations, and I'll share them with you next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Jordan Bird back here with you on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, filling in for Luke Lapinski tonight. We'll be turning it over at the bottom of the hour to Phoenix Suns basketball, the pregame show here on 98.7 FM. And a big one it is, the Phoenix Suns taking on the L.A. Lakers. We'll get a little bit more onto that in this segment. But first, we have to circle back to the big news of the day, the big news of the last two days, in all honesty. And that is J.J. Watt picking the Arizona Cardinals. As surprising and as shocking as it is, as it was Yeah, it really happened. It's not a dream. It's not some sort of make-believe reality. J.J. Watt now is officially a member of the Arizona Cardinals, and it is exciting. Um, It's a sign that a couple of things. It's a sign that maybe the idea of the Arizona Cardinals being a true contender is not this long-off possibility or just something that we here in Arizona think could be something that is coming down the road, but that others around the rest of the NFL actually believe in as well. And it's also a sign to me that for Steve Kime, the man who made this decision for the Arizona Cardinals, this is a real swing for the fence move. This is a real make it or break it move. And I have to believe that Steve Kime is looking at this 2021 season as potentially his last with the Arizona Cardinals. If Arizona doesn't qualify for the NFL playoffs. And so For Steve Kime, you go for broke with J.J. Watt and you let the chips fall where they may. And if you're not here next year due to a poor 2021 season by the Cards, then so be it. If you're gone, the new GM comes in and he can have fun trying to clean up your mess. But at least in the immediate right now, this is a sign to me that the Cardinals are trying to get to that playoff berth that has eluded them for the last five seasons. So there's a lot to like about this, not only... J.J. J. Watt, the player, but he's a great humanitarian. I'm sure he's going to do fantastic community service here in the state of Arizona and in the Valley of the Sun. And also, it just brings some notoriety. It brings some respect. You know, you're talking about one of the most recognizable and one of the most, uh, you know, noteworthy players in the NFL, and you're bringing them to the Arizona Cardinals. So that's all well and good. I do have some reservations. I do have some... Nervous feelings about this move, though. And mainly, it revolves around a few different concepts. Number one, I know J.J. Watt played a full 16-game season last year. He played over a 1,000 snaps for the Houston Texans. But previous to that, he has some real injury history that is concerning and raises a legitimate question about whether he can stay healthy throughout a full NFL season. Now, I would like to think with Vance Joseph's relationship and his knowledge of J.J. Watt and some of the other tools that are in Vance Joseph's tool belt that he has on that Arizona Cardinal defense, that the ask, the the wear on the tires will not be as significant this year for J.J. Watt as last year. You can maybe lessen his plays, his snap counts, for hopefully an increased productivity. But... You cannot overlook J.J. Watt's injury history. You can't. I mean, I said earlier, when you think of J.J. Watt, you think of A, he's a great player, B, he's a great humanitarian, and C, he has an injury history that is very well documented. You just can't get around that. But even more than the injury aspect of it, I have some real questions about was this the right way to use this money for the arizona cardinals 23 million guaranteed to jj watt 31 over two years that's a lot of coin for a guy at a position that wasn't one of the main needs now is it an added advantage to have a three-time defensive player of the year be paired up with the chandler jones absolutely And it is an immediate influx of talent and hopefully productivity to have a guy like that in your arsenal. But the Arizona Cardinals have a lot of holes on this roster, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. And that's where I go to one of my last points on this, is that for the Arizona Cardinals, missing the playoffs in 2020, yeah, the defense wasn't great. But when you look at those last two games, Week 16 against the Niners, Week 17 against the Rams... It wasn't the Arizona Cardinal defense that lost those games and prevented the Cardinals from making the postseason. It was the Cardinals' offense. And so, how is the Arizona Cardinals' offense any better with the addition of J.J. Watt? Now, I guess you could say, well, you know, if you have this vaunted pass rush, you hopefully will be able to create more turnovers. You will be able to change the field position game that by proxy the Arizona Cardinal offense can and will benefit from an enhanced defense. But to me, the Arizona Cardinals need help on their offensive line. They need some sort of answer at running back. And I, as much as I enjoy Chase Edmonds, I'm not, I'm not sure that he is an every down back or even a first and second down back for the Arizona Cardinals. You could have used some of this money that you spent on Watt and allocated it for O-line help for running back help, or more importantly, wide receiver help. And so when you go back to week 16, the Cardinals offense was pathetic. Week 17, it was even worse. Now, granted, Kyler was injured in that game. You had Chris Trevler. You had Chris Trevler being used in a way that doesn't conform to his skill set, which is another problem that I had with that week 17 game against L.A. But nonetheless, to me, This doesn't necessarily address a need that was at the top of the priority list. So don't get me wrong. It's a fantastic move in the sense of all of the buzz and all of the goodwill it's generating and hopefully will translate into a vastly improved Arizona Cardinal defense. And as I just mentioned, that will, in a way, help the Cardinals offense. But now I'm fascinated to see how Steve Keim mines out some talent from the rest of this off season that fits those offensive needs that I highlighted. And specifically when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury being the play caller of this offense, how does he utilize those pieces as well? So I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to rain on the parade, but as much as this deal has us excited, has us enthused about the direction of the Arizona Cardinals, it does bring up some real questions. And I, have to be brutally honest that over the last 24 hours, the more I have thought about this move, the more nervous I've gotten in respect to, well, if JJ Watt is injured, what if he only plays four or five games? Now you would still have that leadership ability of his and in the locker room and on the field, the practice field, even with him being injured, he can still be a part of a culture change or even shaping the culture further from where it is right now. But I highly doubt that J.J. Watt is going to be worth the 31 million and the 23 million guaranteed, especially when you're seeing what some of the other teams that are true contenders was offering J.J. Watt. Now there are reports from our own John Gambadoro that some of those teams were still offering more money than what the Cardinals offered. That may be true, but I doubt that J.J. Watt is going to live up to live up to. Everything that we're hoping for as we sit here on March 2nd, and that would be playing two full seasons of 16 games, getting his sack numbers back up to double digits and being an imposing force along with Chandler Jones on that Cardinal defense that would allow this team to finally make the playoffs after a five year drought. Well, Phoenix Suns basketball is set to be on the air here in just about five minutes, and it really is going to be fascinating to see how the Phoenix Suns as a team and specifically for Devin Booker, how they show up in this game. I asked Kellen Olsen when we had him on earlier, is this the biggest game of Devin Booker's career? And of course, Kellen threw out the bubble games, and that is a very accurate representation. That's a very valid point. But I do believe that this is probably the biggest stage Devin Booker has been on. We're going into All-Star Weekend, this, uh, the All-Star Game this weekend. He's playing against LeBron James, a guy who just less than a week ago said he was the most disrespected player in the entire NBA. It's on national TV and TNT. The Suns are good. They're relevant. They're playing a team that is just barely above them in the standings. The Phoenix Suns have created a lot of goodwill and a lot of great buzz so far through the first half of this season. Imagine what could happen if they actually win this game as well. Now, for Laker fans, they're going to be chirping that there's an asterisk by it, that there needs to be a footnote that, of course, they didn't have Anthony Davis. And that's a very good point. That's 100% accurate. There's no way around that. But even without, but even without AD, the Phoenix Suns can send a message tonight to the rest of the NBA that, yeah, we are no longer the... Ramshackled bunch that just hangs out at the bottom of the Western Conference standings. Our start to this season is real. It is legit. And we can hang with any team in this NBA so far this season. I am fascinated to see how it plays out tonight and we won't have to wait very long to see how it plays out. Coming up next, Tim Kempton, John Bloom on the call for the Phoenix Suns game in L.A. against the Lakers. I have been your host, Jordan Bird. Have a great rest of your evening here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.